0: guys don't want to work during the game no problem we'll work now go line you better think about something else each and every one of you when you pull on that jersey you represent yourself and your teammates get that through your head again 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 Uh, the rink manager, he, he wants to clean the ice and then go home. Don't tell him to leave me the keys, I'll lock up. Again. Again. Hey, we're getting out of here. Hey, where are you going? Back on the line. Send them. Herb. Again. <coughs> Michael with <We're> the Massachusetts! <laughs> Who do you play for? I play for the United States of America! If you're like me, sometimes there are moments where you don't really feel like you belong or you don't fit in or you don't have something to offer. And uh, I think if that's you today, then you are in the right place at the right time. Because I want to begin by explaining how I think God is like a candle, Uh, You see, the Bible says that we serve a God who is three in one. He's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They are in complete unity, but have different functions. And they have their own identity, yet also the same. See, God the Father is the source. He's the source of fire and light. It is through him that all things are Created, it is through him that all things live. He's the alpha, he's the omega, he's the beginning and the end. God is kind of like the wick. The Holy Spirit is what burns inside of us. It's the reason for light. He's the presence of God that is with us, around us, in us, warms us in the cold, comforts us when we are afraid, gives us peace, in the middle of the night, the Holy Spirit is kind of like fire. Then you have the Son, who's the manifestation of God. He, he shows us the way in which we are to go. He's full of truth. He's full of radiance. He is the leave, living, breathing word of God. Uh, the sun is kind of like the light that the wick and flame produce, Different parts, different functions, yet all one candle. And together they make up the Trinity. Let's pray together. God, I thank you so much that you uh, are three in one. I thank you that you are here with us through your Holy Spirit. I pray you'd use me to speak your words, not mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Why is the Trinity important? Well, Trinity is important for a lot of reasons. I could do a three-month series on the Trinity, uh, but it's especially important today during this series because what the Trinity shows us is that God is in community within himself, that the very essence of who God is is three persons in one. He is in community. And so the more we grow in our faith, the more we're transformed by the renewing of our mind, The more we become like Christ, the more we begin to understand that to be like Christ is to be on a team. It's to be in community. And the way that God designed it, the team that he gave you and I is this right here, the local church, the body of Christ. And it's a team that makes us better. It's a team that makes us more effective. It's a team that makes us stronger. And so in this series home team, this is the last weekend. I want to spend a little bit of time talking about the practical side of being on a team. Why is it good for you and for me? And why is it good for the church, for us to have friendships, to have community right here at Cross Timbers? And so I have a very simple phrase for you. uh, and, And you've heard it a thousand times. You can probably finish my sentence. That's a hint that you need to finish my sentence. Teamwork makes a dream work. Teamwork makes a dream work. It's cliche, but it's true. You and I both know the Dallas Cowboys don't have a shot this year if they don't play as a team. They don't have a shot anyway. That's not the point I'm making. Coach Rogers was, was here the first service and I told him, I said, you and I both know that Argyle would not have won Friday night if they only sent out one of their players. No matter how good that player is, they need a team to accomplish the dream. And, and by the way, you and I, we don't really have a shot in life either if we don't have a team, if we don't have community, if we don't have, have friends, I mean, Spoonie, how many times have we sat across from somebody counseling them and we've had to look them in the eye and say, dude, you need some friends. 90% of the issues you're dealing with is because you've been living in isolation for 15 years. And so this idea of teamwork makes a dream work, it's not a new idea. I think John Maxwell coined it, but... The Apostle Paul talked about it 2,000 years ago when he was writing to the Church of Corinthians, and he uses this interesting illustration of the human body. And so I wanna read for you this, and it's 15 verses long. I rarely read that much scripture in one, but then I thought, it's 15 verses. We're in church, you'll live. So I'm gonna (laughs) read the 15 verses of this, and it's... Paul writing, this letter will be up on the screens. He says this, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some of us are slaves, some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make him any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make him any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many different parts, And God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some of the parts of the body that seem the weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer. And if one part is honored, then all the parts are honored. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. So, Chase, bring me that box, would you? As Paul described the body of Christ, I sat there for a couple days trying to figure out the best way possible. Did it bite you? Best way possible to describe the body. It was anticlimactic, wasn't it? (laughs) Let's talk about the practical side of being in community with one another. So let's pretend like Mr. Potato Head here is the body of Christ. Eat this in remembrance of me. (laughs) I thought it was hilarious. Alex told me not to say it, but I said I was gonna say it because I thought it was funny. She said it wasn't funny. I thought it was funny. (laughs) Colossians 1.4 and Ephesians 5.23 says that the body of Christ, as Paul is writing the local church, that's us, that's cross timbers, is like Mr. Potato Head here. Okay, so you with me so far? Let's just say, that Cross Timbers Church is Mr. Potato Head. He's our mascot. So like Mr. Potato Head, he's got eyes for hearing, eyes for hearing, ears, 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 ears for hearing, eyes for seeing, nose for smelling, a mouth for speaking, he's got hands for holding, feet for walking. He's got a hat, I don't know why he's got a hat, but he's got a hat and a mustache. And what Paul is saying is that, there you go, protects him from the sun, I'll take it. What Paul is saying is that like Mr. Potato Head, the church should also have different parts and different people with different passions and different giftings and different abilities and different ideas. A healthy church should be made up of a lot of different People, In fact, if it's not made up of a diverse group of people, a variety of different people, then we become actually really, really dysfunctional. It's kind of like if Mr. Potato Head here only had arms. Now this is funny, but what's not funny is how the church has bought into the lie that for us to be a healthy team We need to look the same, act the same, think the same, and be passionate about the same things. When the Bible shows us that that's actually really dysfunctional. So I pray for diversity in this church. You gotta understand, like I pray for diversity in this church. I pray to God that not all of you vote like me. I pray to God that not all of you raise your kids the way that I raise my kids. I pray to God that not all of you think like me and look like me because if you did, it would be a weak excuse for the body of Christ. In fact, I would dare to say that we wouldn't be the body of Christ, we would be a social club for like-minded people. But more importantly, I pray to God that not all of you have the same giftings that I do because listen, God has given you a unique gift. He has given you a unique gift that he wants you to use, not just in your homes, in your community, in this world, but he wants you to use it in the church. You have a unique gift through the power of the Holy Spirit that God has given you. Don't you dare believe the lie that God like passed you up when he was handing out gifts. I know a lot of you are sitting there today thinking, you know, I'm really not good at anything. God did not forget about you when he was handing out spiritual gifts. He gave you one. The question is not whether you have a gift. The question is, have you opened that gift? I'm gonna say that again. The question is not whether you have a gift. The question is, have you opened that gift? Have you used that gift? Have you practiced that gift? See the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, it has a whole list, much more than what I'm about to read you, but he says that some of you have administrative gifts and discernment and encouragement gifts and giving gifts. Some of you are really good at giving. You're a great giver. You have the gift of faith. Some of you have the gift of prayer. Some of you have the gift of hospitality or or teaching. There's actually a great spiritual giftings test that I'm gonna email you tomorrow morning. But the question isn't whether you have a gift. The question is, have you opened your gift? Have you tried practicing how God has gifted you? If you're good at serving, then serve. Come serve, come, come hold babies. I'm not good at holding babies. They cry. Go hold some babies. If you have the gift of giving, then, then, then give. If you're the gift of listening and counseling, then come counsel some people. If you have the gift of prayer, then join the prayer team. If you, if you have the gift of encouragement, then stand in the freaking lobby and just encourage people. Can we just get some residential encouragers in the house? who just walk around and tell people how awesome they are. Gosh, you look great in those cargo shorts, man. You're doing great today. You're doing better than you think you are. Don't wait for somebody to ask you to use your gifts before you open your gift and use it. If you're good at hospitality, join the welcome team. Administrative stuff, we got got, People that sit at our front desk and just answer phone calls for a serve in a way that uses your gift. And I promise you that that if you do practice your gift in your homes and in the church and in the community, you not only find more fulfillment in life because you're doing what God has created you to do, you also find a lot of connection in community, especially here. Told you this is a very practical message I'm speaking today. But it's really hard to find community in a church if you, if you come 15 minutes late and leave before the announcements are over. That's, that's hard to get connected. It's hard to feel like you're plugged in if you're doing that. But I think one of the greatest ways to practice your gifts is in a small group. I think there's some of you who have the gift of teaching. You're an amazing teacher. You're, you're a better teacher than I'll ever be, but we're not gonna have an open mic on a Sunday morning because some of you are crazy. You might, you might be Dwight L. Moody, the great evangelical preacher. You might be Dwight Schrute, I don't know. One of the, one of the two. Oh. See, the problem with that is half of you know who D.L. Moody is and don't know who Dwight Schrute is and the other half know who Dwight Schrute is but not D.L. Moody. Go teach a small group. Go teach middle school kids. They don't care if you're crazy. They like that kind of thing. (laughs) You know, if you're gifted in prayer, then start a small group where all you do is pray. Join a small group of givers. If you're gifted in hospitality, man, you don't have to, you don't have to teach. Just host. You do all your fall decorations and your small group themed snacks. Practice your hospitality that you're good at that I clearly don't have the gift for. But open your gift. I think that the difference for some of you feeling empty in life and feeling a great purpose in life is you just haven't opened your gift yet. And God is waiting for you to find fulfillment and meaning in what he's created you to do. But you know, when you have a church that's very diverse and you have lots of different giftings and passions and opinions and philosophies, you gotta have something that ties it all together, right? We gotta all be aiming for the same end zone because that's what Paul was dealing with when he wrote 1 Corinthians 11. There was a lot of different people doing some wacky things. I mean, crazy, crazy things, not PG rated things. And he was trying to bring a reign to it and tell them, hey, you have different giftings and different passions and you're different people. That's the beauty of the body of Christ. But let me tell you what wraps it all up into one mission and one vision. And he begins by saying, we're tied together by the power of the Holy Spirit and the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But then he ends 1 Corinthians 12 and says, we're tied together by love. He says, let me show you how to use these giftings in a healthy, fulfilling way, where it brings unity and community to the church. Y'all are all aiming for the same end zone, and that end zone is love. Love for God, love for one another, love for those who are in need. And then he goes into 1 Corinthians 13, which if you haven't ever read it, it's a famous love passage in he says, if I could speak all in the languages of the earth and the angels, but don't have love, then I'm just a noisy clanging cymbal. He says, if I have the gifts of prophecy and I understand all of God's secret plans and possess all the knowledge in the world, but I don't have love, then I am Nothing. He says, if I gave everything I have to the poor, if I have the gift of giving and I've sacrificed my body and my money and my possessions and I could boast about it but I don't have love, then I've gained nothing. He says, love is patient and love is kind. Love is not jealous, it's not boastful. It's not proud, it's not rude, it doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritable, it keeps no records of wrong, it doesn't rejoice in the injustice, but it rejoices with the truth. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It's always hopeful. It endures through every circumstance. He says prophecy and speaking uh, in tongues and unknown languages, they become completely useless. without love. He says the gifts that you have and the gifts that I have will cease if we're not tied together with love. And so we have different giftings and different passions, we vote differently, we have different opinions, we, we raise our families differently we come from different backgrounds, but the thing that ties us together, the thing that binds us together, where we can have unity in Christ, is our love for one another. And love is so powerful that it can bring unity even to people who are wearing different jerseys. Watch this clip. Oh, look out. That's awesome! Wow, that is a tough kid right there. Hey, Jarvis, hit his helmet. This is really cool because as a pitcher, Bubs looks shaken up right now because of what he did. And look at Zay Jarvis. This is such great sportsmanship. He wants hey. him to know that it's okay, that he'll be fine. Hey, hey Bub. Hey. Look at me. Look at me. You're all right. Amazing. You're all right? Look at me. Hey, look. look. You didn't do it, What a stud right there, Zay Jarvis. a beautiful picture of the way that Jesus saw the body of Christ working. That despite the differences, we can be tied together by his love. Listen to me. We have an incredible opportunity in this day and age to show the world what it looks like to be unified despite our differences. We have an opportunity like we've never had before And I don't know about the other churches, I don't know about the other pastors, I don't know about the other Christians, but I know we can do that right here at Cross Timbers Church. Let's lead the way in what community and unity looks like, no matter what your background is, no matter what your belief is, no matter what your gifting is, that will change the world, I'm telling you right now. So, Let's start today. Let's start today. And I told you it was a practical message and and Chase is about to come up here and talk about small groups and ways to get connected. And I want you to hear my heart that this is so much bigger than just you finding friends. This is a way that we begin to build trust with one another so that we may be in community. And so I do, I wanna encourage you to get a part of a small group. Find some pr- friends and start practicing your gifts. Let's pray together. God, I thank you so much uh, that you have designed everything the way you've designed it, that we get to do life with this family right here, uh, that you yourself are in community and your desire for us is to be in community. I pray you give us a strength and a desire to do what's pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen.